Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to Foundation Friday number 116. And this week, we're going to talk about something that's really, really relevant for many of our listeners, and that is what to do in our in the summertime coaching your team. How do you coach your team in the summertime? And everybody's going to have a little bit different philosophy. I understand that. Uh, I'm not here to say exactly what we do is right or wrong. I'm not saying that any of the ideas that I'm going to throw out here in this podcast, this is what you absolutely should be doing or whatever. I, I get that. I totally get that. This is what I do most of the time. These are the things that I look for. And if you decide to do something different, hey, that's you. That's you, and you go ahead and do what you want to do. But here's some things that I have learned over the years in the summer about coaching my high school team, some adjustments I've made in my own coaching philosophy, and what I'm looking for in the summertime as I coach my high school team in team camps, in leagues, in whatever situation that we find ourselves in. Now, this is different than AAU. This is your high school team. So uh, here's some things that uh, I got a list of uh, uh, some stuff here. So let's jump into it. Freely rotate players. I think that's really important to give multiple kids multiple shots at a lot of different levels. Now, your 20th player should not be playing varsity. But if you feel like you've got 14 kids, and let's say you've got 20 kids total, and 14 of them in their own way, shape, or form could make a case to be on the varsity roster, be uh, you know pushing for those you know spots nine through fourteen on your varsity roster. Then, if you bring all twenty kids to a team camp and you've got two teams of ten, rotate those kids around. Bring in Jimmy and Tommy for this varsity game, and the next varsity game, uh, bring out Frank and Joe, and rotate those kids around and give those kids opportunities and shots to move around and play with different teams as you're going through team camps or leagues or whatever it may be. Now, let's say you're in a situation along with that or related to that. If you have a situation where you have, let's say you have six sophomores and you are going, you're at a team camp and you've got everybody there, you've got this 20 person roster there and you've got six sophomores and you have predetermined that you are going to rotate four of those kids up with your varsity through the team camp. I think it's really important that you take those other two sophomores and you pull them aside and have a real quick one or two minute conversation. Hey, just just letting you know, uh, you guys are going to play with the JV for the entirety of this team camp. At some point, you're going to get a crack with the with the varsity group, but just the way the rotation worked out here today, uh, we're going to have these other kids play. Today's not your day. Play hard with the team that you're with uh, and and control the things that you can control. We're going to give you a shot down the line here. Now, you got to follow through with that as well. You can't forget about that. Uh, don't make a lot of promises, but if you're going to have that communication, I think it's a, that's a good promise to make. Don't make a lot of promises to your players. I've emphasized that before on the podcast, but I think that's a good promise to make, but you got to follow through with that promise. But I, I think instead of those, you know, you've got those six sophomores and you tell everybody, you know, this game we're going to have, you know, this group and this group here, and they hear it there, they're going to not feel very good about themselves. People are probably going to be looking at them going, I wonder how uh, Tim and, and Bob feel 
about that, and it, it's it's just a negative thing. This is a situation. This is a time period where you should be building up your players, and so uh, I think that's important that you have those side conversations before you announce those rotations, those teams as you go through a team camp, as you go through a league. A couple of things to uh, cover your own butt here. I, I think that it's good that as you write out these roster sheets, as you go into these team camps or league situations where here's who we had, here's who we, uh, here's how we decided to rotate the teams for game one, game two, game three, whatever your situation may be. Hold on to that sheet. Hold on to that sheet because if if Bobby or Becky goes home and tells mom and dad, uh, yeah, I played with the varsity, but I only, you know, or or they gotta they gotta, you know. Phil or Mary played ahead of me or whatever. No, you've got this sheet in front of you and you could say, no, here's how it was. Here's how it is. This is what we had lined up. This is exactly what we had. If you, and I would encourage you to do this. Now, I know it's it's impossible to do all the time, but if there's situations where you can kind of pre-write out your rotations or at the very least your starters, for some of these games and kind of think about that ahead of time. Hey, we know we've got this mixed mismatched uh, roster. So against West High, we're going to start one, two, three, four, five. And here's the five kids that we started. And in our next rotation, we're going to bring in, you know, here's going to be our next group after five minutes of gameplay. Here's who we're going to bring in. And again, that's something to cover your own tuckus and hold on to that piece of paper. And if and if mom or dad come back and say, well, our son or daughter said that they never got to start the game. Oh, no, look, here's the sheet right here. They started against East High. Here it is right here. Here is the sheet that we used. And they started here this game. They didn't start this game, but they were in on the very next rotation when we subbed in after five minutes in. And, and, and those are things that you can do to kind of cover your own tuckus. Uh, I think it's really important during the summer to be really positive. To have you know, encourage your kids to experiment. Uh, for example, uh, kind of the easiest thing to say is if you have some kids that you have told, "Hey, you need to expand your three your your shooting range from 15, 16 feet. We really need you to develop that three point shot for next season." And if they've been working on that in March, April, and May, don't jump their butt when they shoot a three in a summer league in June. Now, if you're up again, I get it. If you're up four with 30 seconds left and you've got the ball and the other team's trying to foul and they pull the trigger on a three yes of course but in the flow of the game you've got to if you're going to encourage these kids to experiment with their games to experiment with ball handling or finishing or especially shooting and expanding range or working on things like that you've got to allow them to have some real world applications when it comes to that so keep that in mind and and, and encourage your players to take risks Another thing that I think is really important, don't complain about the physicality of summer basketball unless your players are threatening to be hurt, unless there's a situation where you feel like the game has gotten out of hand where somebody is going to be hurt. Then say something to the officials. But this is a time period where you've got to teach your players to play through stuff. Not everything is going to be perfect. Uh, And so you you need to find out from your players, how are they going to handle adversity? You know, we had a situation yesterday where we were up big on somebody and then we kind of went brain dead for a while and they started making a comeback and uh, the player, uh, we took the ball out, we threw it in, they jumped the pass and our girl got called for a travel 
And both the inbounder and my guard were looking over at me. And, and you know, I didn't get really upset with them all day. But this is the one time where I kind of got upset. I said, don't look at me. I'm not the one that made the call. You've got to be more fundamentally sound. Whether it's a good call or whether it's a bad call, you've got to teach your players to play through those situations. And the summertime is a great way to do that, especially with officiating that, you know, it's going to be more physical. The officials don't want to sit there and call fouls the entire time. And so unless you feel like the, the, the true health and safety of your players is, is threatened, they've got to learn how to play through these situations. Coaches are absolutely loving our taking over a new program booklet. As many of you know, I spent two years outside of coaching. And during that time, I hung a note card in my workspace at school that said, strip the house down to the studs. I took that time to really rethink and reorganize my thoughts on what it takes to run a transformational program. As I prepared for the possibility of coaching again, I organized these thoughts into this 96-page booklet. How much do I trust this booklet? I used this booklet as I went on interviews to help sell myself and my vision for what my new program would look like. If I'm using it to sell myself, why wouldn't I recommend it to you, my listeners? This booklet will help you look at any part of your program, no matter what stage you're at in your program, and help improve it in some way. It's all yours for only $15, which includes shipping and handling. For more information, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Another thing that you can do here, and, and we talk about, you know, a, a before game exercise and an after game exercise in the summertime. Ask your players, what are your goals? What's one or two goals that we can have going into this game here? Okay, we've played one game. What do we want to get better at from game one to game two here as you're getting ready to start the next game? And you put that onus on your players to have them try and take control of the team, that the team is theirs, and that they have to have ownership of what you're doing. At the conclusion of games, ask your players, hey, what did we learn from this game? That's the first thing that should be out of your mouth, in my opinion. Ask your players, what did you learn from this game? And 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 don't and a lot of times they're gonna they're gonna point out a lot of the negative stuff. Don't just let them point out the negative stuff. Also point out the positives. What are good things we did? What are positive things? And and, and if you start feeling like it's getting too negative, stop and say, okay. That's enough on the negative stuff. What are good things that we got out of this? What what did you see from a teammate that they did well in this last game against South High? Whatever it may be. But have put those exercises in place to, to force your players to think about this. In addition to that, and I see this all too often, and I'll be honest with you, listeners, I know for a thousand percent fact that especially when I was younger, I was very, very guilty of this. Don't put the emphasis on and and the worry and the anxiety on winning and losing worry about growth and development now not to say that if there's 3 minutes left and it's a close game you're up one or two you're down one or two and you decide to manipulate your rotations to where you're able to play your five varsity starters at the end of a game then go for it i'm not saying that i'm guilty of that still to this day uh, but don't get too caught up in the winning and losing of summer games. Your, your, your results in January are not going to be 
even close to being remotely related to what this game in June is going to be. In fact, I think sometimes when you worry about winning and losing in June and July, it actually does more damage to your results in December and January. Worry about growth and development within your players. And speaking of growth and development, be clear about your individual players or talk to your players about what they either need to do to move up a level or what they need to correct to prevent themselves from moving down a level. If you've got a player who is turnover prone and you say, look, this is the one thing you have to clean up or I can't play you as much as you want to play. You've got to start taking care of the basketball or shot selection or on-ball defense, or off-ball defense, or whatever that may be. Be very, very clear with your players. So they're not just running out there thinking, okay, I'm just out here playing and I'm doing this and that. If if Fred knows, hey, coaches really ask me, the, the thing that's keeping me from playing, I'm playing 10 minutes a game, but I'd really like to play 20 minutes a game. And the one thing that's really preventing me from playing 20 minutes a game is the way I take care of the basketball, that I'm going to make sure that I take care of the basketball here the entire month of June, the months of June and July. And so you need to have those conversations. So those players know what you're looking for in your evaluation of them. That's really, really, really important. Last thing amongst many things here, uh, the most important thing that you can do after a team camp, after a league, is whenever your next get-together is with your team, with your program, next day, so forth and so on. You want them to be excited to come back to the gym. You want them to leave that league game, that team camp, with a positive taste in their mouth. We literally, we try to narrow it down to three things. When we go out to uh, to th- to these camps, to these leagues, we want to, number one, we got to work hard. We have to work hard. Second thing, we've got to get better. We've got to get better. Every time we step onto the floor, we've got to get better. And the third thing, we've got to have fun. We've got to have fun. We don't want our kids stressing about winning uh, a bunch of summer league games at the expense of having fun, at the expense of burning them out. You've got to build positive energy. The, The June and July are the time periods where you can put those emotional deposits in the bank of positivity. And you keep you just keep depositing in uh, positive emotional uh, energy into their bank accounts throughout these next few weeks here so that they're feeling really, really good. And, and behind the scenes, when you're talking with your assistant coaches, when you go home and you talk to your spouse and you want to just cuss them up and down, do it. You know, we need those outlets. We need to let go of those frustrations some way, shape, or form. Don't let it build up to where you explode on your kids or anything like that. But you've got to keep putting in those emotional, those positive emotional deposits into their bank accounts so that they're feeling really good about themselves going into next season. So, Foundation Friday number 116, just some things that we do when we're trying to coach our team in the summer. Again, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, if there's some stuff that you like on here, if there's something that you agree with, hey, great, awesome. If there's some stuff that you haven't thought about and you decide to to, to implement it, great. If you decide that I'm full of baloney, hey, that's your prerogative. You coach your team. I'm, I'm just here just trying to throw out some, some different ideas. This is what These are things that we do. These are some of the things that we do. This is not all the things that we do, but these are some of the things that we do. And, and so I'm just trying to share with folks what has been successful for us. So Foundation Friday number 116, coaching your team in the summer. Hope you've enjoyed it. Coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.